2: Imagine taking a test where you get no credit for the right answers, but you get punished for every single one you got wrong. That's perfectionism. You brush over any successes and you beat yourself up for every single mistake. Perfectionism is a mean mother effer. I'll tell you that right now. It'll steal your joy, your relationships, and your self-worth. But we're about to change that because today I'm coming to teach you about the two types of perfectionism did you even know that and one of them is healthy so how do you get from the mean side of perfectionism to the loving the healthy side well stay tuned and i'll teach you my three tools for making the shift in today's episode i'm dr abby metcalf and i'm a psychologist number one amazon best selling author tedx speaker and all around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love You've been craving. Combining my hands on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Well, hi there. You are here. I am here. We're here together. I love it. You know, I love it. Thank you, by the way, for the emails. Oh my gosh, I love them so much. They're so great, and I really do reply to everybody. It takes me sometimes a minute, <laughs> but I reply. I read them all. They come to me. I read them, and I love them. So thank you. If you have, uh, if you have something nasty to say, I, I don't need to hear from you. But if you have something good to say, I love hearing it. Uh, and I do have one quick announcement before we jump in, which is that the website is done. Oh, ah! I'm not going to sing because I have a horrible voice. But uh, go to the new website. You know, it's still the same address, AbbyMedcalf.com. And there's all kinds of new stuff going. There's pictures of me everywhere, which literally makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little because I don't like having my photo taken. But, you know, I'm the brand. You know, it's me. So anyway, pictures of me everywhere. But there's lots of really great information. I love how we put it together. And I have new inspirational merchandise. I'll be talking about that more in upcoming episodes for sure. But you know you want to go check it out. So you can go to the shop page, um, you know, self-meditated on a notebook, addicted to hope on a mug. Come on, these are beautiful. These are amazing. So you can know, have a little, get your journal on, and 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 have Abby all around you. So it's a great way to support me and the podcast, and you know, keep it going. As you know, I don't do any corporate sponsorship, uh, so all of this comes out of you know me. All the editing, all the stuff, everything I pay for around the podcast. So you know, you can help me out. That would be amazing. But more importantly, to me. These things are meant to inspire you. I have all kinds of stuff around me all the time with inspirational words on it and it really does help me kind of get through things. And of course I'm looking now if you're watching me on YouTube, you could see the self-meditated little journal I have which is so cool. Anyway, all right, enough of that. Enough, let's get to it. I love this topic. A lot of you wrote in about it. I got a lot of things about perfectionism and so you know what happens a lot? You guys will write Because I say, hey, send in a question to Ask Dr. Abby. I'm happy to answer it. And then I get really into it. (laughs) I end up doing a whole thing. So I'm not exactly answering the question because sometimes I'll get, gosh, 20, 25 questions that are all really on the same topic and I don't want to leave anybody out. So I'm trying to, um, you know, sometimes I've gotten on here and just read an actual question because I thought it would apply to a lot of people. Uh, but a lot of times I do this, so that's why I'm covering this today and I have to admit I didn't even know there were two types of perfectionism exactly, although I have worked hard to get to the healthy side without even realizing it, and you know you know if you listen, if you've been hanging with me, if you follow me in any way on social media or my newsletter or here or whatever, you know that I do battle with perfectionism. I battle with con- my control freakness, my control enthusiasm, and I battle with perfectionists. i I doing that my whole life. And, you know, a lot of that I've shared before. My mom, you know, uh, God rest her, uh, w- had an issue being a narcissist. And, it, and so growing up in the house with her, it was all about appearing perfect. And I would lie, cheat, steal behind the curtain to look perfect in front of the audience and although i don't lie cheat or steal now i still battle with that looking perfect for you even you this happens a lot you know i have a hard time just being showing all parts of myself um i really do and my vulnerabilities and all that and again always wanting things to be perfect you know when i record the podcast when i take the notes even what i just said now that i think of it you know that i got all these people but i want to make it great for everybody and i have to make you know this is what I do. And so, but there's again, ways to harness it. So I really, and cause if someone had said to me, like, you just can't, you know, care about that anymore, it would have been very hard for me to give it up because I'm going to care. And so if you just tell me I can't, that doesn't really solve my problem. This to me, especially when I read this and now I've been, um, been researching it and employing the tactics, I really have to say, uh, it's the way to go. So let's get behind the curtain let's 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 talk so let's talk about first you know we have to talk about what causes perfectionism i just shared with you a little piece from my own childhood in life but you know and i think i hate when people say it's this one thing because i think with everything there's no like one cause of anything including perfectionism and what do i always say what do i always say you've been here with me you love me it's a perfect storm it's always like a perfect storm of things coming together. Maybe you had a harsh parent, a harsh caregiver, or coach even could have said something. And you were driven in some way to avoid their judgment, just trying to get around that. Maybe you had a parent or a caregiver who role modeled really unhealthy perfectionism themselves. That could have been. So you thought that was the right way to do things. Like you just thought, oh, that's how we do it. Maybe you were that different kid in your family and things didn't come as easily to you as they did to your siblings. I had a client with this the other day. So you created, you know, these internal pressures to be perfect as you were trying to measure up all over the place. It's, I mean, again, it can come from just about anywhere, you know, but at it, so at its core, you know, at the the center, unhealthy perfectionism is absolutely driven by some fear of failure it's driven by low self-esteem, uh feelings of unworthiness and what we see on the other side is that it results in things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, those are like rife with perfectionism and lots of, you know, other obsessive compulsive habits. We we can really see out of that trying to be perfect. Um And here's what's interesting, again, because I always do some research as I'm, you know, writing up the podcast and we, writing up the episode, sorry, it's not the podcast. Uh, We also know that perfectionism has definitely, it's increased in the last 25 years. And it, I have to tell you from the research, it doesn't seem to care about your gender, your culture, nothing. And there's been a lot of reasons given for it. But uh, academic competition has become fierce. harmful comparisons on social media have been a player. And just, I think the general tenor of a very fast paced world where you're supposed to have it all figured out by the time you're done with high school. Uh, I always joke that I never could have gotten into Columbia now, you know, like (laughs) I never could have gone to grade school now, you know, because I, I haven't, you know, created an app or cured cancer or you know, get a 4.8 or 5.0 average. I hear these things. I don't even know what to say about them. Things have really changed. So you can imagine why perfectionism has really sort of risen in the ranks. So, okay. So those are kind of the whys. And again, no matter where you're listening to me, you likely are suffering with this because it's not just an American thing, which is the other thing I checked out. I thought, oh, is this just a US thing? And I have all these listeners in other countries and they're going to be bored. But no, it's everywhere in different ways. So, okay. So let's talk about the two types of perfectionism. There was actually, yeah, there's actually two types. And in the, again, literature and the research, they call it um, adaptive or positive perfectionists, and then maladaptive or negative perfectionists. So I'll just be saying kind of positive and negative for our, you know, familiarity here, making it easy. And and here's the deal. the So these two types, they're actually pretty similar. They but you know, both kinds of perfectionists—they set big goals, they work hard, they both care about doing a good job. Um, they'll put in a lot of effort to get where they want to go. You know, they don't—they're not oh, not looking for shortcuts. They want to put it in. They want to like do the work. So that's all very similar with everybody. But there's one big difference, and this is really an important one: positive perfectionists are achievement oriented, while negative perfectionists are failure oriented. Let's say that again. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let that sink in. Sit with yourself for a minute. Yeah. Are you achievement oriented or are you failure oriented? Are you just trying to avoid bad things or are you trying to get right? Good things. That's kind of how it is. So I want, I want to keep saying this other way. So you get it, you know, positive perfectionists, they're looking to grow. They love to problem solve. They really enjoy being challenged. Whereas negative perfectionists are only looking not to fail. That's it. And really somewhere in there, they're believing that others' approval, that their love is dependent on them being perfect. Like that's the way you get it. It's very transactional. Positive perfectionists, they want to succeed and win while negative perfectionists just don't want to lose want that to sink in again. Right? It cuz think of how different your life feels when you're one way or the other. So, right? Yeah. So because of this, the way these two types of perfectionists the way that they set and achieve goals is very different, how they respond to negative feedback and setbacks is very different, and how they feel day to day is different. You know, their actual mood day to day. And basically, positive perfectionists have what I, and this, I didn't get this in the research anywhere. This is how I see it. Positive perfectionists really have what we call more of a growth mindset, while negative perfectionists have what's called a fixed mindset. And this is the work of Carol Dweck. I love her name because I want to say Weskily Webbit, Carol Dweck. Uh, She's brilliant. She was at Columbia for many years at Stanford. I think she's still there. Um, I think. The only parenting book anyone ever needs, you, you know, really is Mindset, the The book Mindset by her. Incredible. And it's it's meant for parents, teachers, coaches. We've been applying it to business for years. Um, It's incredible. Malcolm Gladwell talks about it. I mean, it's her research is impeccable, but and I'm not going to go all into that today. If you actually want me to go into that in a future episode. Uh, how about emailing me, abby at abbymedcalf.com? Let me know, or the contact page of my web, of my brand new spanky website. Uh, let me know, and I could do a whole, um, I really could do a whole episode on having a or growth mindset and how to get from one to the other. So we could do that. All right, let me know. So, but here's the deal. with With a growth mindset, it's all about the effort you put in with the goal being growth and learning. With a fixed mindset, asking for help or saying you don't know something basically means you're stupid, you know, that you're lacking in some way, you're an imposter. In other words, like if you're smart, you shouldn't have to ask. (laughs) If I'm smart, if I'm talented, I should already do it perfectly. So, what happens with growth and fixed mindset is that the growth will try things. You know, people with that mindset, they'll really try things, they'll try to be better and better. Um, A famous example I always have is, you know, uh, Tiger Woods way back in the day. Um, you know, he, he was the top of the game. He, nobody could beat him when he was in his prime and he changed his golf swing when he was like at the top of his game. That is so growth mindset. I can't tell you, you, you always are looking to improve. There's always another thing to do. There's always another hill to climb and you challenge yourself. And he knew, you know, he wasn't going to do as well for a while because he was changing his golf swing and it was going to be a little different, but he, but he got it. Like he, he got off, you know, he gets kind of off on that, like the trying and the better, I could even be even better. That is so growth mindset. Um, uh, there's famous coaches, you know, um, Wooden was a famous coach, you know, growth mindset. Anyway, I I don't want to get, if you want a podcast on it, you let me know. I don't want to get too far off in that way, but basically what happens is you, uh, when you're growth, you see the challenges, you want to do new things, you want to be better, you, you're liking all that. And when you're fixed mindset, you don't, you feel like I should already be there. I shouldn't have to ask for help. And often those people will hide or cheat or lie to get around not looking perfect, right? So positive perfectionists, when you think, they just like being good at things, <laughs> so right of course, like everyone likes being good at things. Let me not, let me not even go there. So of course they like being good at things. Everybody does, but the difference would be that they won't overreact when things go wrong. Again, they see it as an opportunity for learning and growth and a way to improve their skills. They they don't give up. They just they just start problem solving. So that's a big difference, right? That's something else. They they find. And they really find meaning and satisfaction in improving themselves and improving the situation, improving whatever's happening. and th- I th- that's why I think so the research shows that positive perfectionists are more mentally stable and have more better sorry, better emotional regulation. I was getting ahead of myself um overall. Well, negative perfectionists often struggle with the stuff I talked about before, anxiety, depression, all that, and have, you know, poorer emotional regulation. And again, I'll link to the research on the um, show notes page if you want to look at all that, because, um, you know, I lack me some research. You know, I love doing it. But I'll uh, link to that, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Go get it. So, but really, I get I think my point that I want to make is that negative perfectionism keeps you stuck. And one of the ways it really does that is because you'll end up procrastinating, and I see this a lot with perfectionists or negative perfectionists. They procrastinate like crazy people because they're waiting. They're waiting for the perfect moment for something um, to do. You know, there's got to be perfect to try it. Or they don't even try because they're afraid they'll fail or not do it well, whatever the thing is, right? Again, you don't want to even try if you can't do it well. So if you're a negative perfectionist, one of the things you struggle with, you don't make decisions for fear of making the wrong one, right? You're trying to like, perfect, perfect. I got to have it perfect. Then you get more anxious and caught in like a negative spiral, right? Um, I have, uh, you know, I've had a few clients with this. It's really interesting. All female, now that I think about it. But anyway, who would, uh, when they were in school, uh, in college, would, would just, like die trying to decide which classes to take. And they would often sit in on like 15 different classes, 10 different classes to be sure, sure, sure. They were taking the right, 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 perfect class. um, You know, the best one with the best part and the best professor to get the most at whatever, you know, and then ended up just torturing themselves over trying to make this decision. And ultimately, you know, would often finally choose something. And then the whole time we're regretting it. Oh, I should have chosen out of the class. Oh, I didn't even know about this one. Oh, you know, and that is often a part of the negative perfectionism um, that you'll, even when you do decide finally, you regret it a lot, or you think it could have been better. You could have made a better choice if I had known this or that. So I know, right? It's exhausting even to talk about. And like I said, I have definitely, um, been in the more negative side of the perfectionism before, and I've really worked hard to be in the positive side and, uh, a perfectionism and to actually just try to be good enough as much as I can. But, you know, my good enough is often like above other people's good enough. And, um, it's why, you know, with clients, I can tend to just give too much or, you know, I'll send all this homework or something. I'm trying to make it perfect for them so they'll get the best thing ever out of it, you know. Um, and as you might imagine, that's not always great because people get overwhelmed, right? When I'm trying to be so perfect. I know. I'm taking a sip of my water. Here we go. So I I want you to think of that too, how your perfectionism affects other people because they can feel sometimes overwhelmed by what you're doing. I've been a boss before, you know, when I worked in organizations and um that can be hard to work for me, a me, you know, who's kind of always doing this other level. Everyone else thinks they have to do it. It, it. it gets, again, it's exhausting, right? Okay. So let's talk about are you or aren't you? So let's talk about the signs that you might be a negative perfectionist. Let's get to that. And I, as you know, I'll get to tips, so no worries. But So for sure, when it's setting unrealistically high goals or expectation, and that could be of yourself or someone else but they're just ridiculous. They, it, it, you, it's always like over the top, whatever. And again, and I know some of you right now are listening going, Oh, but you have to, you know, get ahead in my work and, and, and to, to keep my job. And to, you know, that's a bunch of crap. Uh, I say with love, I say with love, it's something we tell ourselves is the truth. And it's not because you know, because other people have their jobs and they don't work as hard as you, you know, it, they, you look around, other people don't have, they don't do what you do. They still have a job. They might even be your boss. You're not even a boss who doesn't work as hard as you. Um, and I have people at Google and clients and all kinds of Apple and all kinds of very fancy-dancy companies who have to work hard. I get it, but you're not a unicorn, so you you want to get over that. And again, you want to change it, right? So I'm going to teach you to change it. You're still going to be a perfectionist like me, but we want to make it positive, not negative. We don't want you killing yourself. So there's when you have these unreasonably high goals and expectations again of yourself for others. Also, another symptom is if you're quick to find fault or overly critical of the mistakes, your own mistakes or someone else's, those are signs. Um, The procrastination I talked about earlier, you know, on something because, you you know, again, you fear you'll fail at it or not do it good enough. um, You might get into that kind of all or nothing thinking about it. If I, you know, if I can't do it great, no reason to do it, that kind of thing. Or I'm going to wait. Until this perfect thing and then I'll do it because then it'll be great. <laughs> You're waiting to, some people wait to lose weight to go on the date or they, you know, wait to take this great class so they'll be smarter with the, at the, to apply for a job or, you know, it's like, I don't know, chubby people date, you know. I I like, I don't know what to say and get married and have very happy lives. Like you don't have to wait. um, You don't have to take every class, you know, to get to apply for a job. But again, this is where that kind of comes from. And it stops you. It keeps you stuck. I will also say negative perfectionists cannot take a compliment to save their lives. Cannot take a compliment, like just are, hey, just Teflon for the compliments. And that kind of goes with not celebrating your successes or honoring them somehow, you know, always looking at the next thing. Yeah, I got that done. Yeah, yeah. So what's next? What's next? What's next? Because that's, again, it's very transactional, a lot of what you're doing, meaning that it's like tit for tat. Everything is, I do this because I get that. I do this because I get that. And that's the only way to do it. Um, Looking for approval from very specific people. So, like, when these specific people approve, it means something, and likely when others approve, you don't even care—you brush it off. But maybe it's a boss or a partner or your mom or a, friend, a certain friend. But you want approval from them. Other people can tell you you're fabulous, but unless they do, that's very negative, perfectionistic. Uh, that particular one. Spending—I'm <laughs> um, spending i am about uh spending way too much time on something. And by that, I mean, you know, someone else can get it done in like half the time because they weren't trying to be perfect. And or uh, and this would happen to me, you know, when my kids were younger and I was a little worse at the positive perfectionism when I was more of a negative perfectionist. I remember at my kid's preschool, I was putting together this little like, like a little yearbooky thing, you know, that they were having. I think it was a CD. That's how long ago it was. Um, but anyway, uh, we were putting these things together and... Uh, I was on this committee and the woman who gave it to me was like, oh, this just takes a few hours. You'll be done. This is a great... Because you know, you had to volunteer at the preschool, right? You had to like volunteer some parent hours. So uh, she was like, oh, this is a great job to take because it doesn't take long. It's really great. You do this and this. And she had even a little list of what I should do for it. It was really... It was all set up. And what did I do when I got it? Oh, this isn't good enough. We could have this, 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 and this. Oh, we could also add that. Oh, we could... Take pictures all year long, we could just, oh my God, I was a crazy person. <laughs> it was insane it It's not good. I was making other people crazy. I was making myself crazy. Let's get over it, and how many pictures do we all have of our kids anyway? We need these perfect, perfect, perfect ones here. You don't so uh but again, like I was just taking ridiculous amounts of time on this thing that just didn't need it. It 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 was good to make it great and I did of course, but I really could have done less and had less stress about it. But I was so I wanted to look like a good parent because I felt guilty because I was working so much. So, you know, it was on my own crap that was getting in the way. Uh of course I figured that out later in therapy. At the time I had no idea. Anyway. Uh sometimes negative perfectionists also have trouble being happy for the success sex, for the success of others which you can imagine, right? Because they see it like, oh no, I have to do even better. You know, I have to get this too. Um, and again, I would say the last piece is that, um, that kind of chronically indecisive. I, I think when that comes up, you, that's a good sign that you might be a negative perfectionist where you just can't decide. And again, often when you do, you, you end up regretting it for a long time. Ah, <sighs> I know, I know we're here, we're doing it. <laughs> so take a sip of water. We're getting to the top five tools for becoming a positive perfectionist. That's right. I'm going to have a sip too. I'm here with you.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
2: And there's someone banging outside my building. I just want to say here my I'm in my office, and there's like construction happening, so hopefully the wonderful person that edits this um audio will get rid of the banging. But if you hear any banging, know that there's just some lovely construction going on. okay, so here's the top five tools, like I said, for becoming a positive perfectionist. Do you have your pen out? do you, you know oh, and I want to say I want to remind her that there's always a blog post I would say when I say always, I don't know, 99.9% of the time, there's a blog post for any of the any of these episodes. So if you want to go back, you know, if you're driving or something and you're trying to take notes or whatever, or you're waiting, you know, for take notes as I'm talking, um, don't drive yourself crazy. Go over to the, you know, listen, just listen and learn. Just be open. Just listen. I know you're perfectionists, don't want to do that. But, and then you can go over to the podcast, late, to the blog post later, and you can just, take your notes from there. It's right there. You can print it if you want. Um, You know, all the notes are right there, all the links, all the good things. So it's not on the show notes page, but on the blog post page. The show notes is just an abbreviated thing, but the blog post page has everything. And I think on the new website, it says like research and articles. Um, You'll you'll figure it out. You're smart. I only have smart people who listen, so I'm not worried about you. Go go poke around. You'll find it. But that can be a way to have your notes and have you know the downloads. I talk about all the things you can always go back later, and you can just search on the website by a topic if you're interested in doing it that way. Okay. (laughs) You're like shut up, Abby, and get to it. So I think one of the big issues with people overcoming their negative perfectionism is that others give them advice. I kind of said this earlier, to become, I don't know, some sort of mellow, carefree, nothing bothers me, I'm skipping through the daisies, you know, puppy dog tails and rainbow type of person. And my friends, that, that ain't going to happen. That is not going to happen. I know for me, shifting into, again, like a growth mindset and a positive perfectionist mindset has made all the difference because I was never going to be that person that didn't try my best. It's just not going to happen or could just like, no, let it go. I'm not that gal. I, I don't know what to say. I, I You could tell me I need more therapy. I don't know, but I'm just not, it's not, to me, there's some personality pieces here and just the way, what gives me joy? And it gives me joy to do things on a certain level. It does. And uh, that's the piece. If it's not bringing you joy, there's an issue. You know, when I'm, um, I, you know, I love to cook, right? I talk about cook. I talk about food all the time. Uh, I love to cook. My dad is a chef. I love cooking. I consider myself a real gourmet cook. I love it. I love to bake. I love it all. And when I have people over, it's one of my very, very seriously favorite things is to feed people I love. My love language is food. There's no two ways about it. I like to feed the people. I like them all around my table. I like them eating my food and ooing and eyeing about it. I love the, their happiness, getting such yummy, good, new, wonderful food and just talking and hanging out. Oh, oh, I know. I'm going to have an orgasm right here. I'm, I'm going to have to go change my underwear. I am talking. <laughs> oh yeah, I said it. I am talking happiest day. But what happens is I do a lot. I mean, I go over the top. I am making things. I'm doing it. And it takes me a long time. It does. To make good, nutritious food takes a while. But I have to tell you, I don't complain about it. I don't moan about it. Uh, It's bringing me joy the whole time. While I'm cooking, I'm thinking about my friends. I enjoy the cooking process. I love to bring multiple things to the potluck. I'm that gal, you know, they say sign up for a salad or a dessert. I'm like salad, dessert, main. I'm signing up for everything. And I'm not insane. Like if, if I'm out, you know, traveling for business or something, I'm not doing it that week, of course, but I'm not someone who's going to make it like a month in advance and put it in the freezer and have them take it. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not nuts, but That's really the thing. But for someone to tell me, and Gary will sometimes be like, oh my God, you can't bring all these things. You're making yourself crazy. Stop doing too much. Stop doing too much. I hear it a lot. But because for him or other people, my sister sometimes, she's like, I can't even hear about what you're doing. It makes me nuts. For other people, it feels like a lot, like too much. And for me, it doesn't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm having fun. So, but that's a biggie. You have to think about where is it coming from for you? You know, and so, and I needed to learn the tools to make the shift from taking action based on negative motivation, you know, being perfect for my mother and my family and, and and not having her be upset with me, to instead taking action from positive inspiration. You know, oh, I'm so excited to have all these people around my table. I can't wait to have everyone here. It's going to be beautiful, right? That's the, that's the difference. So let's go to tool number one. Okay. Tool number one, and this was one of my favorite things that I've done that's really changed the game for me and with my clients. Make a goal for growth, not perfection with everything. It sounds simple, but try it, you'll see. In everything you do, from I don't care if they're big goals, small tasks, I want you to apply this like a mantra, that it's about growth, not perfection. If you've got a long day ahead of you, with tons to get done and you know you could never finish your list, right? You could, right? You know you're not gonna finish that list. You could, you could grow by making a new list of what could actually get done that day, as opposed to that long list that's not. And for those, for the record, I hate to-do lists and I've got a great video on what to do instead of to-do lists. I don't do to-do lists, they suck your soul, make them stop. I will link to the video about that. Um about my alternatives for that but having said that you can make a shorter list of things you're actually going to get done if you've if you finish something but you're unhappy with how it turned out you know maybe ask yourself what what growth you did get what growth you achieved what could you do differently next time not this time this time you're leaving it what could i do differently next time um you know really try to identify where you put an effort where you tried hard and practice giving yourself credit for the effort and your process instead of the outcome. And this is really huge because this is the whole coming from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, and which is big if you have kids, by the way. So in other words, it wouldn't be about, oh, you got an A and you get um, you know money for that. It would be, you tried really hard. That's what you get kudos for. Because, you know, if my kids try didn't try and got A's, what does that mean? That's nothing. And that's not going to be life. I'll tell you that right now. Life is not going to give them A's for doing nothing. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, in my house, because I knew this, I was taught this already, I we would give a lot of uh, kudos for trying hard, really putting in the effort. Like, wow, you, you really put in a lot of effort. You know, you did great. Oh, you hit those home runs. Remember, wow, you've been in the batting cages every week, all, you know, all, all every day, all week. Um Really bringing it back to that all the time about the effort. So, um, and I'll tell you that I'm just going to share this right here. You're getting a bonus. I like that. Here's a little bonus right now. It's a great tool, which will also help if you teach your kids to be growth mindset instead of growth mindset instead of fixed. Or I have had executives do this with their teams. How do you like that with their teams? So, this is you could do this as a parent, you could do this as a boss, you could do this kind of anywhere. And what you do is you share an epic fail. So let's take the the family thing. So on we, we did this years ago, but Friday nights we'd have dinner, and we would go around and share an epic fail, an epic fail. I have to admit we haven't done this in a long time, but we used to. So we'd go around everybody got to share an epic fail they had that week because what you're doing is you're showing it's teaching your kids that failure and taking risks is good. It's something to even brag about <laughs> that you will try hard. You yeah, I fell on my butt 10 times, boy, but you know, I finally did it. You that's where the energy is. And then what would happen is we'd each have one vote. You everybody can vote, but they couldn't vote for themselves. On um, what was the most epic fail shared at the table? And then whoever won got to pick the movie that night and you know, we'd have a movie so they got to pick the movie you could do it that way it worked so i had this wonderful boss i loved this guy i worked with him years ago this executive and um <laughs> this was a guy with like a helipad on his house or something he didn't actually but he he you know he, he had tons of money There was huge enormous company and uh but he loved he was such a salt of the earth guy he loved the deal at costco for the um hot dog and the drink. That was like a dollar fifty. And you could get a hot dog, I guess this big epic hot dog, and a drink for a buck fifty at Costco. And he loved that. And that's what he made the prize. So he would get his his uh presidents together and he would do his VPs too, and he would do these meetings with them, and he'd have them go around and share an epic fail. And whoever, and again, they did the same thing. Everybody got to vote, but not for themselves. And whoever won, he he would go and get the Co- or the the person would come with him, I guess actually is how they used to do it. And they would go and he would treat the $1. fifty for the hot dog at meal at Costco. And I have to tell you, the guys, these guys and women would fight for this hot dog like nobody's business. These people who are making ridiculous amounts of money. It didn't matter. It was like trying to, you know, curry this thing, this prize, right? And it's just a great thing to do. It was so smart. He thought of that. I didn't. Um... I taught him all the stuff and he was like, I know what I'm going to do. And I've been using it ever since with people. I think it's brilliant. So, but this idea that, you know, you want to try, you want to fail. It's good to take risks and it will really help again in business, at home, everywhere. What you you know, your kids don't feel like they have to lie about stuff because they know that they're, you know, you're going to talk about their effort and what they did and you're going to come back to that and problem solve. It really, really makes a difference. I, I just can't even tell you how much. So. So, with this tool in general you you just want to set any goals for growth, and you want to honor that growth as it's happening. You know things are worthwhile, maybe even especially when they're when they're not perfect that's That's really what this is about It's about what you're learning on the way and in case you didn't know yet, you can't be perfect. you know it's actually unattainable. So the striving to get there doesn't get you there. But if you strive for growth, that's always attainable. Oh, I did this and now I want to go a little bit beyond that. You can always figure out a way to go a little bit beyond something, right? To, to do a little more differently. Sometimes the goal is to go beyond it with doing less work. Like, oh, I want to do it this way and be more efficient. Maybe efficiency is a goal, you know, for growth. There's a lot of ways to do it where you're not just you know, putting bigger and bigger goals on yourself with more and more stuff. That's the negative perfectionism. We're not doing that. All right, tool number two, be in your moments. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Don't don't roll your eyes at me. You knew I was gonna go here. You, we, we, we all saw it coming. The train was coming down the track. Yep, if you're not mindful and you're not in the here and now during your day, you're not gonna notice when you can't get all caught up in some bullshit with yourself right? You're not going to notice it. You're going to be in the perfectionism. You're me striving. You're going to have already done everything crazy all day and then get to the end of the day and go, oh, I should have done it this way or this way. Oh, I could have let that go. I could have let that go. Yeah. Well, great. So it's good to notice it at all. I'm going to give you love, you know, growth, growth, that's growth. <laughs> if you used to not notice it at all and now you're noticing it, that's growth. So you get points. And I love you so, so much. I would love for you not to be crazy in your days and not to feel miserable and not to feel anxious and stressed. So you know, I've got the mindfulness starter kit. Uh Uh-huh, you know, I got it. You know, it's there for you. So start getting mindful, baby. Start doing your thing. Get to it. If you already have it, start using it. If you're already using it, do it more. (laughs) You gotta, gotta work on this. You've gotta become aware of your thoughts and feelings during your day. You just do, you know, what are you saying to yourself all day, right? What's what's that dialogue in your head? Practice becoming aware. That is such a huge tool. That is the way you will change and shift this perfectionism. Okay, almost there. Tool number three. Tool number three is be nice. <laughs> be nice. It's time to start talking nicer to yourself. Yeah, I know, crazy thought. Talk to yourself compassionately challenge and silence that negative inner voice, that negative critic, that inner critic. I did a whole episodes on this stuff. I'll link to it on the show notes page and the blog post. You can go listen if you haven't yet. And and there really are lots of ways to to silence the inner critic, so to speak. I'll, I'll run through a few right here because if you don't feel like I want to listen to the other ones or read about it, but you can practice rational emotive therapy and I will link on the show notes page to the episode. It's a short episode because it's just a tool um, that I did on that. And you can download, I even have a little like handout that goes with it. Um, it's a great thing. Basically what you're doing is your rational motive therapy is understanding that you you feel the way you think and learning to change your thoughts so you can change how you feel in a given situation um, about you know what you're trying to be perfect about. That'll really help you. Uh, what you think other people are thinking, all the things. I think RET or rational motive therapy, uh, the work of Albert Ellis is brilliant. It's helpful. I still use it all these years. Oh my God, it's got to be 30 years I've been using this tool. It's my client again. And by the way, when I say I find it helpful, you can ignore that really. I'm not talking about me and these things. If I talk about, you know, my relationship or anything else, who cares? It's that it works for my clients. Hundreds and h- thousands now, you know, tens of thousands of people I've worked with over the years, but I mean the hundreds a year I work with. It is working for them. It is working for it. The research says it works. That's why you care. You know what I mean <laughs> about what I say. So I, I do want to say that. I notice I, I share, I try to share about my life because I think it's important and I just want you to always know anybody, anyone who is out there, any podcaster, or any, anything that is just saying like, do what I say. Cause my life is perfect. Look how great my relationship is. That is not the thing to do. I just, that's not for me. That's not it for me. It's really not. I, I think it's really about what works with a preponderance of people, a lot, a lot of people. And what does the research say? That's what I want you using because that has the best, you know, bang for your buck. And then When you find out that that person's not perfect, whoever the person was, right? Me or me, I'm not perfect. When you find out we're not perfect, you don't just throw away everything. You're, oh, Abby's full of shit, man, because she's not perfect. She's a perfectionist. You you don't get to say that. You don't get to throw what I'm saying away because it doesn't matter what I'm doing. (laughs) Because sometimes I don't practice what I preach because I'm not perfect. But I know the right things because it works for clients and because it works from the research. So I just, that's a little uh, public service announcement there on the side, right? All right. So practice ret Again, I'll link to all that. I don't want to spend time here. I've done it already. I want you to challenge your internal talk, right? Especially when you catastrophize and generalize. I always do this. This never happens. You know, be really mindful of that black and white thinking. Like when you make one mistake and decide the whole day or project is ruined, right? Or you know, whatever. Remind yourself. Remind yourself that you learned something and that you have to make mistakes to learn. It's, it's so how it works. I can't even tell you. Again, I did whole episodes on uh, sort of cognitive reframing and that kind of stuff. So you can go listen if you wanted more on that. Again, I'll link to it as always. Uh, another uh, thing you could do is every time someone con- gives you a compliment or says something nice, write it down. I know. Keep track, maybe in the notes app in your phone. I don't care how you do it. Write it down, keep track of it. And I really like if you, it's great to write things down, maybe on little slips of paper and then fold them up and keep them like in a pretty bowl in your house. And then when you're feeling judgy with yourself, pull out a paper and remind yourself of your humanity and your fabulousness. What a great thing to do. I keep every single email people send me. It's kind of how I do it. I have a little folder. So every, every email, yeah. I get, I throw them in the folder and I go in there and I'll, I'll just randomly choose one and I'll read it when I'm feel, you know, if someone trolls me on social media or says I'm whatever, is mean to me, those people are mean, or says I'm mean to me and I'm judging myself too harshly. I'll go in there and just think, okay, I really am helping people. This person was helped. That's enough for me. You know, it just really helped. So however you want to do that is wonderful. Uh, every night before you go to bed, you could practice writing down. um, My favorite is to write down two things you did well. And one thing you wish you'd done better. See, notice, notice. I'm not, you know, this isn't again, just like, oh, let's just talk about the good things. Because us perfectionists, we don't do well with just that. It's nice to balance it. So you can do, but I need you to have two things. Notice the two to one ratio, two things you did well. I don't care if it was that you committed to taking a shower and you you sometimes forget and you did it. That's great. I, it doesn't have to be <laughs> perfectionist. We're the worst. It has to be like epic and huge. No, anything you committed to that day that you did, that gets to be a win. Um, again, or if someone said something nice to you, that could be a win, whatever you want. And then one thing you wish you could have done better. Sure. One thing you wish, I wish I had gotten out of bed sooner. I don't know, whatever it is. It's, and if you want to be a rock star parent, you can also do this at the dinner table. And encourage your children to do the same so they don't grow up to be negative perfectionists (laughs) right one of the things we're trying to do um that's another thing you could do um if you notice your internal dialogue sounding anything like it's not good enough you know change it immediately to i don't have it yet that's that's probably and that's very growth and fixed mindset that's probably the big thing that separates them is I don't have it yet. Using the word yet. Okay. All right. And that's it. Those are your three tools. I know. I told you we we're almost there. We really are there. So there you go. I hope that you really can work with yourself and on yourself to shift over from the perfectionism that's that's negatively driven, that's undermining you, that's telling you you're a piece of shit when you're not, because that's really... No, I love you. So stop being mean to yourself. Sucks. <sighs> we just have to be easier on ourselves we have to be more compassionate you know it's like we really do and i and this i do say for myself because it's not my best thing always and to really practice 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 being kind to ourselves and and it helps us be kind to others so getting out of the negative perfectionism i allow you your prof- positive perfectionism i know you know we stand in solidarity as perfectionists <laughs> and we're just going to try to find a way to really be in the joy of it, the joy of doing well, the joy of wanting to learn, the joy of wanting to, you know, uh, get that next thing and feel good. But it should only be joy when there's any negative about it or anything else. You're you're not doing it right. You're not doing perfectionism right. And I And I want you to do it right. And you can throw away the word completely if that's what you feel like you need to do, whatever works for you. So that is it. That is another episode wrapped up. Please, as always, send in your comments and questions or episode ideas to Abby at abbymedcalf.com. Or you can go to my fancy dancy new website. I really hope you do. I hope you poke around. I'm really proud of it. It's really simple, easy to navigate. And again, we have all the great, um, this new great inspirational merchandise there to help you really stay on track and feel excited. And you'll have a little piece of me, me (laughs) there with you, which would thrill me. Uh, that's it. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I adore you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected hopeful confident that's always my goal so if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi let me know what the podcast is doing for you anything you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com how simple is that and the second thing i want to say is if you like the podcast you're gonna go crazy crazy for my book my book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymedcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.